0: Welcome to the Valleybrook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a sermon from our Weird, Because Normal Isn't Working series. This series looks at how God calls us to be set apart from the world's norms, and how maybe as Christians we are called to shake things up. We hope you find this podcast meaningful. We love to hear how God is touching people's lives. Just go to our website at www.valleybrook.cc, select Contact Us, and send us an email. So uh, you saw we're starting this new series uh, called Weird because normal isn't working. Uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about that today. We're going we're gonna to look at the, this whole idea. And, and I think about this, you know, even as we were worshiping this morning. You know, if somebody from a totally different culture who didn't know anything about Christianity walked into a church on, on Sunday morning and, and saw people singing songs to somebody who wasn't in the room, saw people who maybe closed their eyes when they're singing or raised their hands in an uh, act of worship to God or, or uh, saw the passionate uh, worshipers up on stage or, or heard us reading these scriptures, you, you know, they would probably say that was weird. Um, so we're going to look at this whole idea about that Jesus calls us to not be normal. All right? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love for us. Lord, speak to us, guide us, direct us. Give us ears to hear, in Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever noticed that everything the Bible teaches you is different than what the world tells you to do? Yeah, yeah. Have you ever realized that what Jesus commanded us to do sometimes is not what you naturally, normally want to do? Uh Uh-huh. Has it sunk into you? Yet that we live in a, a post-Christian world. So being a follower of Jesus is countercultural. For, for followers of Jesus, asking ourselves what would Jesus do before we do it should be normal, but people will think that's weird. For for followers of Jesus believing the Bible and applying it to our daily lives should be normal. And again, people will think that's weird. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at uh, uh, the countercultural teaching of God's word, and how we're instructed not to be normal, but to be uh, weird in a God way. All right. So, um, think about this. I mean, just today is is in some respects, uh, a national holiday that um, people think about, and it would be weird to not watch some people play football today. Now, I suspect there are some of you who are there, and you probably want to be incognito. Some of you will only go to a Super Bowl event because there's food there. Uh, (laughs) Some of you will only go there because you just want to see what the crazy commercials are. Some of you will go there because your team's not playing, but at least it's a football game. And, uh, and then some of you will go because you're either passionate about the Patriots or the Falcons. And if it's about the Falcons, don't raise your hand because I suspect... <laughs> <laughs> all right, there's two. There's two. So uh, they raised their hands, all right? So Patriot fans, you're followers of Jesus, so you need to love on them, okay? All right? So uh, So let's establish this very important truth God's ways are not our ways. God's ways are not ours ways. In the book of Isaiah, God says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So so God tells us in Scripture that we humans don't think like God thinks and we humans don't act like God acts. And the Scripture tells us that God's thoughts and God's ways are are righteous and and His righteousness is always right and always good and always perfect. You could say that God's way is the, capital T-H-E, high way, And it will always be. God is, we sing this, God is perfect in every way. Uh, We're not like God. We can't, uh, we can come on no uh, level of, uh, with God. But we are called to seek to embrace his ways and his thoughts and to live not according to the way the world calls us to live, but to, to live God's way. You know, in, in Scripture we learn that while we live in this world, we're called not to be of this world. And so, not to be of the ways of this world. So, so here's the, the second thing that I, I want to point out after we recognize that our ways are not God's ways. God calls us to not follow the normal way God calls us to not follow the normal way so you could say that God calls us to be abnormal uh, to be weird God calls us to that not for the sake of being different not for the sake of being weird but because he calls us to be like him which goes against our natural desires to be normal you know I, I think there's a there's oftentimes, uh, sometimes we may give voices. I, I just, I just want to have a normal life. I just want to be normal. But, but as followers of Jesus, he calls us not to follow the normal way. So, so let's look at what Jesus says. In the Gospel of Matthew, the seventh chapter, Jesus says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many may enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. The, the translators of the New Living Translation chose a rather more graphic way to translate the wide and broad gate. So I'm going to read, read to you from the New Living Translation. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide for many who choose that way but the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it so what's jesus getting at so here's the deal the broad road it's spacious it accommodates lots of people it accommodates crowds and all of their baggage and the other road is narrow Sometimes it's really important to, to do a little word study and see what was meant in the original language. So, so you may have noticed in verse 13 and verse seven, uh, 14, it talks about narrow. Uh actually, if you go back to the original language, the word narrow in, the first, in verse 13 is one word, and in verse 14, the word narrow is a second word, a different word. So in verse 13, the word that is translated as narrow means narrow (laughs) that's all it means it just means narrow but the word translated narrow in the second verse in verse 14 carries with it not only narrow but but narrow associated with persecution let that sink in a little bit because God calls you not to follow the normal way he calls you to follow the narrow way The narrow way that will bring with it persecution. Paul knew that. When he he went through the first century world planting churches and encouraging church leaders, he said to the churches in Galatia this is what he said. And we read in Acts chapter 14. He said, We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Cynthia, this morning, did the welcome and announcements and shared about this women's Bible study that the women are doing right now. It's from 2 Corinthians. And it's really all a, a lot about Paul talking about the persecution that he encountered in his church planting and church supporting ministry. And, and she's been studying the narrow way and, and she wrote this to me, so I wanna read it. She said, we will be in narrow places, places of suffering that are distinct to our association with Jesus. There is a certain fellowship that takes place with Jesus in times of suffering in the narrow places because no one knows suffering better than Jesus does. It's part of Jesus' territory. So I know what you're saying, what you're thinking. It's like, wow, you're telling me to choose the narrow way. I may encounter suffering and persecution. Yes, you may may but it's not a bad place to be this reinforces that that the normal way is broad and easy it's the normal way that people like to follow because it is easy it will not challenge you it will not be a risk of any of your personal comforts you won't experience any persecution on the broad way that's why people choose it I I look when I pick out furniture I pick out the comfortable furniture right I mean isn't that normal we we don't want to sit on hard couches right so we understand this concept now I know some people like to hear when they hear easy and comfortable they want difficult and uncomfortable because they want a challenge but do they want it if it involves persecution that kind of challenge Even some people will say they are Christians, and still they choose the broad way. Now, in our world, the narrow way seems weird to most people, uh, even to some followers of Jesus, because it's not easy, and it's not considered the normal way. There will be hardship and persecution. Remember what Jesus said. He says this several times in the Gospels whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves take up their cross and follow me for whoever wants to save their life will lose it and but whoever loses their life for me will find it so whoever wants to take the broad life, the broad way will lose their life but whoever takes the narrow way will find life with Jesus. Jesus calls us to follow this hard, this different, this weird way. Jesus says that only through the narrow gate will you enter God's kingdom, and the narrow way, the weird way, leads to true life, real life. Jesus calls us to follow him. He calls us to follow him not in the normal way of the world, but in the ways of God. It's costly. It requires denying yourself and all that the world tells you you should do. Pastor Craig Rochelle, he's written a book actually called Weird, and he says, if you want to be normal, if you, if you want what normal people have, do what normal people do. But if you want to have what few people have, do what few people do. And then he says, be weird in a God way. So God calls us To not follow the normal way. And here's the second thing God calls us to do. He calls us to to not think like normal people. To not think like normal people. Have you ever caught yourself uh, thinking and agreeing with the philosophy of our culture when all of a sudden you realize that that the philosophy of our culture goes completely against God's word? yeah sometimes sometimes it just slips in sometimes it just you you don't even see it so let me read Romans 12 2 from the message translation don't become so well adapted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking instead fix your attention on God You'll be changed from the inside out. Let me read that again. That's so good. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Sometimes we become so adjusted to what's going on around us in the culture that we fit into it without even thinking. Here's another translation of that same verse don't copy the behavior and customs of the world but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think then you will learn to know God's will for you which is good and pleasing and perfect and it won't be the way of the world it will not The Apostle Paul said, don't copy the ways of the culture. Let God transform your mind. Let God transform your thinking. Let God transform what takes place between your ears. Let God transform you from the inside out. Paul tells us this, that when we recognize that we have the Holy Spirit of God living in us, then we recognize that we have the mind of Christ do as followers of Jesus now we live in a very strong culture the American culture and we like to remind ourselves that we're guaranteed certain rights because we're part of this country but when you have the mind of Christ when we have his mind we realize what our Earthly citizenship may allow us as normal, are not things that God's, that a God-transformed mind will do. For instance, the Bill of Rights guarantees you and I freedom to say anything we want to. But as a follower of Christ, who has allowed God to change the way you think, you realize. Many things you have a legal right to say should not be said as a follower of Jesus Christ. The the Apostle Paul talks about this in the book of Ephesians. He talks about, uh, let there be no unwholesome talk among you, but only that which is useful for building up one another. Think about that. You know, when you go to work uh, on uh, Monday and you, you connect with the other folks you uh, work, say, so, you know, let's just establish a new policy, no unwholesome talk. They're gonna look at you like you are weird, okay? But, but scripture calls you as a, a, as a woman of God, as a man of God, as a child of God, to not think like the world thinks, but to think like God thinks. And the world will think that's weird. But God wants you to think like he does. The Apostle Paul said in the book of Galatians, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. He was saying that the way God has created us, the uniqueness, where we come from, our gender, who we are, while it's, it's a God-given thing, he says the important thing is that we're one all in Christ. He, he goes on, when you, when you think about that, he's basically saying that, that it's who we are in Christ that is most important. And that means even the agendas that come with the different categories we, we sit in need to be subjugated to God's agenda. That our allegiance to God and to Jesus Christ needs to be number one in every area of our lives. So let me remind you of this. When you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you, you received the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came to live in you that day, and it's a guarantee Uh, It's guaranteed evidence of your uh, salvation. Here's what you always need to remember. If that idea makes you nervous at all, the Holy Spirit is gentle. The Holy Spirit will never make you do something that you don't want to do. The Holy Spirit will nudge you to have the mind of Christ, will nudge you to remind you that you're supposed to follow God's ways and not the ways of the world we can resist the Holy Spirit. That's one of our struggles as human beings. Paul said it this way, the good I know to do, I do not do. He, he just came right out and said, look, I know what's right to do. The Holy Spirit is in me, but I don't do it. I make mistakes. I mean, so, so Paul's saying, look, you can hold out a stiff arm to the Holy Spirit and not let the Holy Spirit's leading, guiding, nudging guide you. You can just refuse to follow the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit wants to give you the mind of Christ to lead you in paths of righteousness, as Psalm 23 says. But you still have that choice. Our normal human nature says, I want to do things my way. Don't we? I want to do things my way, when I want to do it, how I want to do it. I don't want anybody to tell me how to do it. But as a follower of Jesus Christ, we set aside our way And let God's way rule. We have the mind of Christ as followers of Jesus. We need to follow what he calls us to do. So God calls us not to follow the normal way and not to think the normal way. And here's the the number four. God calls us to not live like normal people. Not live like normal people. Peter writes in his first letter, second chapter, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. So, so Peter strikes this chord. Uh, recalling this idea that, that as followers of Jesus Christ. Earth is not our home. Heaven is our home. So, so we're foreigners. We're exiles. We're just passing through. The time that God has given us on this earth. And one day. We'll arrive on eternity's shore. Heaven is our home. So. So. He tells us that we're to live our lives for God, not for ourselves. That we're to live our lives not to earn salvation. We receive that through faith, but but we're supposed to live our our lives in a way that honors God and that points people to God. Peter tells us that that abstaining from the sinful desires of this world, that people will see that we're different, that we're weird according to normal cultural norms. One scholar writes this. Peter addresses believers as aliens to this world, and he directs their attention to their behavior in this hostile culture that they live in. He summons them to conquer evil desires with which they struggle. Christians must live exemplary lives with the kinds of good deeds that will make unbelievers take notice even more important the goal is to provoke unbelievers to glorify God on the day that Christ returns Peter's hope was that unbelievers would be compelled to admit that the lifestyle of believers even though it looked weird is morally beautiful and this admission would bring them to saving faith so that God would be glorified have you ever considered that how you live your life out in the culture out in the world has evangelistic possibilities that people will say hey you know what you believe something and I see it makes a difference in your life I want what you have you know you don't live like everybody else it seems weird but you seem so content I want what you have you, do you see the evangelistic potential in that? That people will say, wow, it's refreshing to see somebody who says they believe something and they live it. It changes the way they live. They actually love God and they love people, and it changes their world. Unbelievers watch Christ followers to see if what we say we believe changes the way we live. If it doesn't, they don't believe it. If it does, they go, there's something about him. There's something about her. I'd like to know more about that. They watch what we say. They watch everything we communicate. They watch how we live. And if we say we believe thing, but our communication doesn't match up, if we say we believe thing, and the way we live doesn't match up, they go, you're just like everybody else. You're normal. Jesus doesn't want us to be normal. He wants us to be weird in a God way. So let me bring this to a close with a couple of observations, and and these observations are gonna lead you to to make a decision. Being normal is easy. Being weird is difficult, it's not easy. Let me speculate, and this is important, let me speculate what, uh, what this could look like for people who are part of the church. Now remember, when Jesus said these things, he wasn't talking predominantly to unbelievers. He was talking to to people who had been raised in a Jewish culture and they had been brought up, and of course he was saying, I am the Messiah, and people weren't sure about that, but people who understood ultimately what he was getting at. So. What, what would this look like? What would, uh, let me speculate what normal looks like for us in 2017 in, in, in the church world. Maybe it looks like this for you. Uh, a few Sunday mornings a month, I make it to church, but I don't spend much time with God other than those few worship services. Neither my Bible nor my Bible app show much evidence of use. My prayer life is not existing except for when I'm in a crisis or at holiday meals. I'm glad I'm saved by faith because no one would know I'm saved by the way I live my life. I think calling myself a Christian is normal. I was that person. I was raised in a Christian home. That was me. Let me speculate what people look at as weird in the church and this is what i became i'm in church most sundays i try to read the bible and pray daily i'm saved by faith but the natural response to faith is living what i believe so i do life with other christians i give of my time my talent my treasure and my touch i share my faith with people who don't know jesus i take being a christ follower seriously and I'm okay if people think I'm weird. So, so I, I want you to, you may even want to write this on your bulletin. I want you to think about on the left side is normal. And on the right side is weird. Where would you fall? Where would you fall between normal and weird in a God way? I want to spend a little bit of time in prayer because I think a message like this, uh, this kind of exhortation brings us to a place to do some self-evaluation. So I want to spend a little bit of time in prayer to give you the opportunity to talk about this with God, not with me, with God. And if if doing that timeline on uh, your bulletin helps, then do that. You don't have to show it to anybody. Or if you just want to do it in your head, that's fine. But, but then talk to God because God calls you to, to have his mind to live his way to follow him and not be normal like the world let's pray lord Lord, as we struggle with this as we wrestle with this as we really seek to know what you desire for us we recognize that you've called us to be your followers to not be normal like the world to be weird in a god way so lord we're just going to talk to you now for a few moments of time We've celebrated the Lord's Supper and he's told us as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim his death until he comes again. We're looking forward to that. That's not normal for the rest of the world. It's weird in a God way. So, I want to challenge you as you leave here to go out and live for God. Don't be ashamed of what it means to live for God. I want to encourage you and and challenge you to really lean into what it means to be a follower of Jesus. So, in just a moment, I'm going to share a final blessing. If you want to pray with somebody, the prayer team members will be up here. But I'm also releasing you into a cafe where we're going to be having a meal, a brunch. So, I encourage you to find somebody and break bread with them Have a meal with them, talk about them, encourage them, just find out what's going on, get to know somebody. That's God's way. All right? Let me share with you a final blessing. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you today, tomorrow, and forever. Amen. Go in peace.